0: Hello,
1: Kimmy Kimmy. Hello, Rachel Flanagan. Hey, happy Monday. Hello, Hello. Jennifer Dunn. Face looks thinner, Jen.
2: (gasps) Thank you, Kimmy. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you all so
3: much.
0: (laughs) I love you. (laughs) I love you. Yeah.
3: Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for
0: taking a seat at the table. Tonight, we are featuring our Series 8, Episode 3. We are talking about Hear Me Roar and providing more. Our episode this evening features Lindsay Sand from The Pampered Parent. But seated with me first is Jen Dunn. Hello. Kim McIsaac. Hello. Jamie Ramos. Hi. Tabs. Tabitha Carrera. Hello. And Lindsay. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Lindsay. We are excited to tell everyone just what brought you to your field as a BCBA and sort of how you decided to serve our community even more. Um, So we want to thank you for being here tonight.
4: Thank you for having me. I'm really, I'm really excited to be here at the table. Thank you. Would you like to introduce yourself or everyone listening? Sure. So as Rachel said, my name is Lindsay San and I am in South Florida and I'm a board certified behavior analyst or a BCBA, much easier to say. <laughs> and I have been a BCBA for several years now. And yeah, that's kind of me. I live here, born and raised here. I
0: think that's awesome. I dream of the days in Florida. I'm podcasting from an icy Minnesota
3: so I think <laughs> Lindsay, and feel
2: free to tell our listeners
4: whose birthday it is today yeah okay, I was gonna say I was gonna say <laughs> something and then I was like I I don't I don't want to be that person but it, <laughs> I have a dog a golden retriever who I'm slightly obsessed with and he is too today so Yay. he We're is celebrating the f- him. <laughs>
0: fluffiest cutest did you bring him home a cupcake uh
4: we did yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> we did uh, And we took pictures with it. The whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. You're just getting prepared. It's fine. Yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: Practicing.
0: Then you'll
2: have babies and forget to feed the dog. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay, we know that you are capable of so much nurture, not just for your pup, but for your industry. Can you tell us what led you to become a behavioral therapist?
4: Absolutely. Uh, So I wouldn't say that becoming a BCBA was something that I always wanted to do and there was nothing specific that kind of brought me to where I am today but yeah. you know not everyone has those like aha moments at the beginning of their career so it took me a little bit of time but kind of growing up I used to volunteer at camps that mm-hmm. served children with special needs and my sister did as well and we kind of just formed a love for serving the community and helping these children and just kind of something I grew up with. So going into college, I knew that I was interested in psychology and kids, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of all I knew. Uh, I didn't know all of the options that were out there um, within that special needs community or the psychology field. So I majored in psychology in undergrad and then I thought I wanted to go into clinical psychology and that's what I went Mm -hmm. to graduate school for. And I quickly realized that while it is a wonderful field, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. It wasn't getting me to the treatment and the intervention Mm -hmm. of children and families with special needs. Um, It wasn't getting me exactly where I wanted to be. So Mm -hmm. During grad school, I explored other options and came across applied behavior analysis or ABA. And the more I learned about it, the more I talked to people who were already in the field, the more I was like, okay, now this, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. So after I got my master's in clinical psych, I kind of switched paths and did the ABA route. But it wasn't like a specific person or event or thing that brought me into this field. It was kind of just a combination of interests and experiences that led me here,
2: which is I just amazing. love that.
0: I yeah. feel like, you know, we've probably said it on the podcast before, but we found ourselves in this world. We didn't necessarily choose this. Like my daughter was diagnosed autistic. We found out she has fetal alcohol syndrome. We have discovered her to be bipolar. We're like in this journey with her. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other thing from my standpoint to want to serve because you find that you have the heart and the nurture and the ability to follow through when feelings are like, I'm the mom. I'm like, I will follow through, but if something lets us go, she's easier. That is where we're headed. Cause we've got all these other hurdles and you've got this like power, power to muscle through girl. I just love it. I love it.
4: Thank you so much. Yeah. It was, and it's not an easy choice for sure. I get that question all the time. Like why, why, like, why do you do it? And it's I don't, I feel like my answer isn't great because I don't have like a specific reason. It's just that I love it. And I always say like, it is challenging, but it is so rewarding. And mm-hmm. like you said, you guys didn't necessarily choose it, but you're in it. I chose it and I'm in it in a different way. Uh, yeah. but- oh, I'd <laughs> be clear. We absolutely did not choose this
2: period. <laughs> anyway, you want to draw that line. <laughs>
4: exactly yeah, So, and here we are
1: <laughs> and you've talked I mean we know but for our listeners you talked a little bit about your sensory processing stuff that you have can you explain that a little bit because I think that's like important for understanding a little bit about our kiddos you know when you have a perspective of where you come from you can understand our children like we all understand our children in different ways because of you know our own anxieties or our own you know, sleep problems or whatever the case may be for us, not that we can understand being autistic because we can't, none of us here are, but little pieces of that. So talk a little bit about that.
4: Yeah. So it was, it's never been diagnosed or anything like that, but I definitely have sensory difficulties (laughs) on a day-to-day basis. So I'm very sensitive to different like fabrics and textures, um, foods. Um, I'm a very picky eater and it's typically because of, uh, like the texture of the food or the way it looks or, you know, something that just throws me off that I can't necessarily get over. I'm very aware of my body. Like if there's something that feels off, I can't really get over it. I'm um, very similar to a lot of our children. It's like, you know, things that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily, think about or even notice, it's, you know, taking up every spot in my brain Um, and I I can't really stop. Um, So yeah, it definitely helps me relate to the individuals with whom I work and the families because I I think it helps me explain things to parents who maybe don't have a full understanding of of sensory sensitivities Mm -hmm. or behaviors or the way that, Sensory sensitivities can impact behavior. Um, so, yeah,
1: like one of those challenges of like, if you have like a tag that's bothering you, it's hard to like focus on something else, you know? Exactly. It's hard to, yes. yeah. Or,
4: yeah, or if something's too tight, like I rarely wear tight clothing because I just feel every little bit of it and it's all I can think about. And I've, I've gotten to the point too where, you know, my mom is, she loves to shop. Um, and I- <laughs> And I hate to shop. So thankfully she loves to shop. And sometimes she'll buy me shirts because she's like, you know, you'll never have anything new unless I buy it for you. Um, But she knows now like the fabrics that I can and cannot wear. And like, it took some time, but now she knows like she'll feel it and she'll be like, Lindsay will not wear this. And so now it's gotten to the point where she just doesn't buy it anymore. She tried for a while, but yeah, the tags, the feeling, the tightness whatever it might be. Um, I feel like two of
0: my kids rolled into one. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Isn't that beautiful thing?
0: (laughs) Celie just recently had like a really, really difficult day. And from my view, she had the right shirt on. She had the right everything. She had her pearls on. She had all of it just dialed in. She kept saying it's too long. And she kept fidgeting with her necklace. And I'm like, girl, that is the same necklace. Well, lo and behold, like the next day, we realize that she has several of these because they came in like a pearls party pack. This particular necklace that she had thrown off, like she'd like ripped it off and thrown it against the wall. So I knew particularly where this one was, that was too long. I measured it against the rest. It was one bead more. It meant that it hit her in a different place. It meant that the knot was different on the string. Like she had, she knew. Like we yeah. threw the god darn thing away. I never wanted. <laughs> yeah. into the trash. You know. I'm like, well, <laughs> if it's too long, it's too long. Let's get rid of it.
4: Right, <laughs> yeah. it's not. Pick your battles, right? But I it didn't even not.
0: know it was the necklace, and she was so. I mean, it took us all day. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Has that been a lifelong thing?
4: Not the food thing. Yes. Um, the the fabric thing it's been i think it's been a newer thing I, or at least i didn't notice it as much maybe now that i'm working in the field that i do i notice it more because i'm like hey me too like every day yes. i'm like what? Mm-hmm. um i can relate so maybe it just brings it to the forefront more um i'm sure it's something that i've that i've dealt with for a while uh but i don't know it impacts me a little bit more now and it's nothing that you know i'm still able to function and just you know, navigate it, and like I said, it's it's nothing like official, but it's definitely something that affects me day to day. So,
0: got to name it to tame it, and get that right shirt in order.
4: <laughs> name it yeah. to tame it. Name it. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> well, Lindsay, I know you've mentioned just a bit that you utilized your knowledge of sensory processing stuff or d- difficulties to help a parent to understand, and I think. What we know is that it would be a dream come true relationship to have a BCBA that not only tried to communicate with our kids, but also communicate with us and the findings and the data and the stuff and be able to bring the message around and maybe make it what you know, in terms of your degree and our understanding in terms of language <laughs> like to use to explain yeah. those things, but you said family, and I know that your relationship to the family is the dream come true one. Can you tell us a little bit about how, you know, that honoring your client is connecting all the pieces?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I always say that. And thank you, by the way, that was raining. Um, (laughs) I always say that, yes, I work with children mostly, I mean, birth to 22. So children and young adults, but For the most part, I work with the families, because when you work with kids, you're working with the parents just as much, if not more, Um, because it's a unit, it's a system. It's so important because whatever I do with the child or whatever the therapist does with the child is not going to translate to the home or to the school or to the community unless we work with the family members as well. And that that includes parents, but also siblings, grandparents. I always say like bring me anyone who interacts with this child, please. Oh my God.
0: When we are ready to break ground for our center, you're moving out of Florida. What? (laughs) (laughs) You are the dream come true. Did you just say, bring me anybody and I'll help them to learn?
4: Yeah. I did. I'm sending my dad. <laughs> it rarely, uh, maybe not. No, it rarely works. It's it, they're usually like, no, we'll just stick with us. But I'm like, honestly, like whoever's with the child, you know, if they want some education around autism or whatever the diagnosis is, I'm happy to give that. I'm happy to provide tips and strategies because it's not just the child. It's it's like you were saying, it's the family. That's the most important part in my. Opinion. I. Love that you said
2: that because, you know, we went through a lot of therapies early on, a lot of therapists early on, and it was her speech language pathologist that said to me, you need to put the work in too, because she is only going to be as successful as you are. And you have to do everything I'm doing at home. You cannot expect her to get this an hour a week.
4: Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, so I have to work too. (laughs) Yeah. What we see a lot too is if the parents or families are not involved, unfortunately, usually we get the line, like they'll do anything for you, but they do nothing for us. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's why we, we, or at least I really value that, that parent training and, and that time with the families, because that does tend to happen. Our kids aren't the best at generalizing their skills to other people. So they need practice and they need repetition and family involvement is a huge part of that, but it's true. What, what your therapist said, Jen is true. Like you, you have to be in it too. Cause that, that one hour of speech a week, or even if it's 20 hours of ABA or whatever it is, it's, it's not a majority. And I will say that that particular and I've written about it before but that statement
2: that she made is the most profound statement in this entire journey we've been on and it literally changed you how i viewed her therapy yeah. so thank you for doing that lindsay because that makes yeah. i'm sure it makes all the difference to the families you work with thank, thank you yeah more- and you're
4: lucky to have had that therapist because not not all families have that experience so mm-hmm.
2: But I also Um, think, and I've said a million times, it's therapists versus therapy. So I don't actually think it's the therapy. I truly believe it's the therapist and the bond they have with the child. Um, And I've been open about our therapy, and I'm going to use ABA as an example. We had a horrific entrance into ABA. I swore to my life I was never going to put my kid through that again. I mean, just useless, useless, useless. Therapist, not the therapy. ABA therapy saved my daughter's life in a feeding clinic, ABA-based And it was the first reintroduction I had to ABA. I almost didn't do the feeding clinic because it was ABA based. And you had to, it was dire. And now my daughter goes to an ABA um, learning center. I mean, it changed Mm -hmm. our lives. So it, it wasn't the therapy, it was the therapist, you know? So I'm a big, big believer in that.
0: I just think of so many in so many ways, like my past life in spa, for instance, there's different modalities that a therapist has, like a massage therapist. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's so many different ways to reach our children or so many different ways to try anyway. And then there's going to be the ways of which you reach them and the people like Celie is so chemistry-based. You do not have chemistry with that girl. Asta la vista, baby.
5: My son too. Alyssa son. too. We're running into a problem with her where she won't do speech therapy virtually anymore because the last therapist she did not mesh with. And she just didn't have that rapport that Alyssa requ- requires. Like she just had, you yeah. have to just be a certain way with her. And the therapist was just kind of, I hate to say it, but she was just kind of blah, you know, she, it wasn't that she was doing anything wrong, but she was also very like repetitive in her commands and she needs a lot of time to process. So if you're saying find this, find this, find this over and over before she gets a chance to like find process it. it and do it, yeah. then the frustration level mounts. And now she like, won't do it. I think it was also with her, with the virtual, they kept switching therapists, you know, this pandemic has been hot on everybody. So one person left. They brought another person in and she can't have that surprise. So she can't have going on the computer every time and not knowing what's on the other side. So mm-hmm. I think that was a part of it too. But yeah, if she doesn't have that relationship, if she doesn't have that, if you true. have to have a very specific bedside manner with her, or like, are you done? Yeah. And our kids <laughs> are uber
1: sensitive to energy. And I mean, people don't understand that our, our kids understand energy so much more than anyone else I oh, yeah. think like Deeply. my kids if they feel a weird energy from you the therapy is useless it's not gonna I mean there's no point in us coming because it's not gonna be successful at all period you know
4: yeah I agree if, with all of that yeah. I I talked to parents a lot about like if they've had an experience kind of like Jen's maybe where it just wasn't helpful or yeah you know, it was not beneficial or it wasn't a a happy, positive experience. I always encourage them and I try, all I can do is try to encourage them to, you know, not call it quits, but maybe try someone else or try a different Mm -hmm. company or, you know, a new RBT or a new BCBA, because it has to be a personality fit as you guys are all saying. And it's not the therapy. I agree. It's not the therapy. It's, it's who's implementing it and what works for one child, maybe, Alyssa didn't bond with that person, but maybe that therapist would have been perfect for another child who, right. who needs that. Again, you're moving out of Florida later.
1: You're coming with us. Leave that beach behind. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: don't
2: like we don't even like the beach. way to sell it,
1: Tabs. Yeah. <laughs> no, we got cactus over here in Arizona. <laughs> Palm hey, trees, oh, no sand. No, no sand.
2: <laughs> I don't like
4: sand. Sand could- again. Sand, sensory. <laughs> Yeah. It, gets,
2: it gets all oh, too many places just gets Jen's in places it has no business i'm with Jen, i'm not you. a
4: sand beachy kind of girl bring me a cocktail by the pool that is me yeah. on the
0: patio concrete yes. patio please Yes. Yeah. where yeah. there's no sand like, to get in
4: places or like in the air conditioning on my couch would also yeah
0: <laughs> well Lindsay, i know that there are a few things that you've explained to us in our meetings that i'd love to let you tell our listeners about which is identifying a few other needs uh, among caregivers and moms seeing and helping and
4: yes definitely so um, as we kind of just talked about for a while, I love supporting the caregivers in, you know, clinically, like as mm-hmm. a BCBA and about behaviors and, and developmental disabilities and things like that. But I saw a greater need through my work and that was self-care and self-love and self-worth um, of the caregivers, um, especially moms, but all caregivers that I worked with. You know, I always say, like, you have to be there for yourself before you can be there for your child. And as we all know, children with special needs require you to be there all the time, a lot. So that's kind of where I saw a need was the, the caregivers that I was working with did not do enough to take care of themselves. It was always... What can I do for my child? What can I do for my children if there are multiple? What can I do for my um, significant other or my family or everyone else? You know, the teachers, the therapists, everyone else except for me. And I never really heard about how they were taking care of themselves or how they were finding support for themselves. You know, they got therapies for their kids, but but what about therapies and support for their own mental health? So mm-hmm. I kept seeing that over and over, just giving, 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 and and not taking at all or not giving to themselves at all. And that's kind of where I saw the need. And that's where uh, the Pampered Parent, which is my subscription box business, that's kind of how it was born. That's I just love that so much because I think, I mean, my
3: son's about to turn seven so he's been autistic his whole life, but we're two years into diagnosis, three years into like knowing. But when you jump in this world, like even how you're talking about to do like ABA, for example, it's a whole, it's a way of doing things. So we all have to be invested. So you jump in and you're like, okay, I'm doing this, I'm getting speech, I'm getting OT, and then, you know, we get to ABA or we do this, we're doing this appointment, and I have to like change every which way I thought how I was going to parent and I have to do this. And you get so engulfed in that. Like you look up one day and all your other friends are like on Instagram, posting like pictures of themselves looking cute. And you're like, I haven't even thought about how I look like okay, <laughs> yeah. that's the only element of self-care, but like, I just forgot me. Like, so from our perspective, it's amazing that someone sees that. Cause most people don't actually see that because we are like trying to look put together and we're trying to like help our kids but we're really not doing anything under the surface level things of like showering Mm -hmm. putting on a little eyeliner and then making calls all day and filling out paperwork (laughs) like you're Mm -hmm. just so Mm -hmm. engulfed in this world I mean I think the whole time you're in
1: it but especially in the beginning and it's so easy for that to be the first thing to drop off the plate Mm
2: -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like you
1: have to do I mean you know, therapy choices are individual therapy choices for people. If you choose one thing doesn't necessarily mean you have to do everything that they hand you or that they tell you, you should be doing, but you have to make choices about where your kid's going to go to school. What, who's going to be in your home, where, what clinic is safe for them, you know, getting to the car some days it takes all your energy and so the easiest thing to drop off the plate is your own personal needs. That's because you don't really have a choice not to care for your children. <laughs> you know, they need to be eat. They need to get places they need to be. Well, not only that, you're
3: educating yourself in a yeah. world that you were not prepared for. Or most exactly. of educated in. We, I didn't go to college for anything. Well, I went for early childhood education, but like, Still, I had to, no, way. I had to learn so much. I was like, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know any yeah. of this. If you would said BCBA to me five years ago, I would have no clue what you're talking
4: about. <laughs> yeah. And that's most people. And I feel like too, it's definitely more like when you're initially kind of getting that diagnosis and learning all those things. But I mean, you guys would know better than me, but it seems like an, uh, continuous process of learning and growing and figuring mm-hmm. things always, out. Yeah. And, always, yeah. Um, those acronyms so in the beginning, I mean, I, didn't even, I didn't even know what
3: SLP was. I mean, yeah. I know, OT, what's those... OT? Yeah. <laughs> you well, know? Our kids are always, like, we always talk about, like, some things get easier and some things get harder as they grow, but it's always there. There's always something you have to learn and grow with them. So as your kids grow, you're learning more stuff and doing more stuff. It's really easy to forget yourself.
0: Um, Lindsay, one of the things that you touched on a bit is the support to the moms in particular caregivers you know the the parent you were noticing the lack of support not just of self-care but real true support to moms and making sure that as you developed your business that you really hit that hard and I think that the culture that you're creating not only in the subscription box that comes but in your support group is life-changing oh gonna get a shaky voice about it I you know this one zoom call changed my whole world this one time so i feel it's just so impactful that you're creating this backside support can you talk a little bit about that
4: for our listeners? yes yes of course and i appreciate that because i mean i guess just a little summary of what the business is and what the pampered parent is is it's a subscription box specifically for caregivers of children with special needs, it happens to be mostly moms. But also along with the subscription box, you get 24-7 access to a supportive online community. And that's what Rachel was just mentioning. And I think it's such a crucial crucial part of the support that that we offer. So it's a, it's a private Facebook group, subscriber only to create that safe space, I guess you I could love call that. it. And we come together. Um, the, the subscribers can post, can ask questions, can seek support. Uh, we offer like uh, pretty frequent meditations and they're short and sweet. So not I jumped too long. on a little bit tonight when the, the gentleman was doing it. Yes, he is wonderful. He's actually a family friend and he is, he has his master's degree in, I don't know the official title, so I'm definitely going to butcher it, but something to do with mindfulness and um, meditation. It's, it's gotten him through a lot in his life and he wanted to, you know, give that. that and he does it with companies like big companies and things like that. So I was so happy that he was able to help, but I so that's that. one thing I, I do live. Sometimes we get guest speakers and daily encouragement, fun posts—kind of like Rachel was saying—it's really forming into this awesome supportive community. We do book clubs, yeah, community. Zooms yeah.
1: with some awesome ladies coming I'm up. What's at a to table? table? <laughs> that would be us. <laughs> that would be, that <laughs> Way so to give it away, chat.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited about that. You, uh, think you I, can
1: Come join us for a Zoom all, on Lindsay's yeah. supporter group. Which is a lifetime to you. membership too, if you subscribe to the box, which is yeah. awesome. So you don't lose it if you can't afford or can't continue with the subscription. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
4: And I've, I've gotten some really good, you know, it takes time to build that community and it ta- takes time. You all know best uh, to build that trust with each other. And it's wi- mostly women who would have never met each other and don't know each other from anything, but yeah. Now they're getting to meet and provide that support and that encouragement. And we all know it's not all rainbows and butterflies and sunshine. And we talk about that too. I, I think it's really it's really awesome to see coming together and kind of my vision is like coming to life, which is exciting. And, um, it's amazing it's a great I actually had a mom message me today on Instagram one of my subscribers and not necessarily about the community but it was about the box she just received her January box and she loved it so much and she actually said like I wasn't sure about subscribing because she's used the word selfish she said it felt selfish Mm. Um, but she said it has been this is her second box I believe and she's like it's such a treat to get this every month and to know that like monthly, I'm going to get this reminder that, that I matter too. Um, Yeah. And that, I'm going to cry too. onions. Oh my gosh. I know. And that really hit home for me because I just want to help as many caregivers as possible. And when, when I get messages like that, it really, it shows that it's making an impact because they do deserve it. You do deserve it too. And it's not selfish. It's, it's necessary. But sometimes it takes time to
1: realize yeah and you often do feel like you're in the background in the shadows
0: you know what i mean like you even for your own i actually feel like the sherpa so you use your words i'll use mine i feel like the (laughs) one behind carrying all the i I feel like like the the person in the dark in the corner of the room the ninja
4: just (laughs) knocking everyone
1: things into the room from the corner well, in the dark, and I
5: think parenting in general does that especially momming just in general like mm-hmm. just does that like you just yeah, take care awesome. of everybody and you just do everything and you bring everybody everywhere and then special needs just puts a whole nother layer of extra on top of it you know because that's you know you might do all that with the other kids but now like now you're up till three in the morning because you know your special needs child doesn't sleep and yeah. you know all, all whatever it is it just it does it just feels like it's a never-ending cycle of like. Groundhog Day sometimes
3: I think the cool thing about the box is that it's like specifically for these moms and caretakers of these disabled children or adults but like it's things that we would use you know like there's there's all these other subscription boxes that you can get and I've done some of them before and it's really like we joke about it we've all done them and it's like well I'll use like this one thing out of here this stuff is like catered towards like things that we would want to wear or things we'd want to use or they're like the little affirmation cards and stuff like, like things we actually probably need, like put this magnet on your fridge to remind you that you're human and you need to say nice things to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know, like- well, listen, that palette of lip gloss isn't going to get much use in those other boxes because I don't even freaking <elf>.
4: house. <laughs> okay yeah. I always laugh and like was, when I see like this the random like serums that come and I'm like oh, where yes. does this go like I don't, I don't
2: know what's
5: it
4: in the Madison cabinet like I do <laughs> yeah
1: I don't and I'm like there's no instructions on this tiny no bottle of fancy cream <laughs> I don't this?
0: know where this
2: go. goes instructions. <laughs> under the the back go? of my hand
0: it goes to Sealy that's where all those go well I have a whole box of that stuff in my bathroom
4: that's one of I mean obviously I have a lot of favorite parts and I always joke I always preface like my statements with like my favorite part and I'm like okay they can't all be my favorite part (laughs) but (laughs) um this is my favorite
0: part too I I cannot wait I can tell by your smile uh
4: You know, so yeah, I love curating the boxes and putting it all together. And like you were saying, finding things that subscribers will actually use and enjoy. And my favorite part, (laughs) again, one item um, in every box is from a company that employs or is run by adults. Typically with with special needs. Girls. It's
1: our favorite part this of the yes. couple of our favorite parts. <laughs> yes, we love um,
4: that. To me, that's what it's all about as well. Um, is giving moms and caregivers hope and telling them and showing them what's possible. And it's been so awesome to see all these companies that provide these opportunities for. Individuals with special needs and highlighting these companies and spreading the word because, you know, I always say kids with special needs grow up to be adults with special needs and they mm-hmm. deserve anything and everything. And um, she's just saying all the right words tonight, Lindsay. <laughs> she's saying all the right words today. <laughs> she's going for
2: that
0: lead yeah. therapist position in Arizona in a while. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: can oh, I sell on, my boxes? Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'll come and cream at the front door.
4: Oh, I'll, I'll come and help you pack that
2: stuff up. We'll have a
4: party.
3: Also, we
0: know things in boxes. one, two, three, four, five, six. We know six kids on the spectrum that'll be happy to pack some boxes for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the you know,
4: that's my goal. That uh-huh. Wait till so they're, so they're adults. So it's actually not it child to labor. Packed, oh, yeah.
2: To start unpacking them. I mean, it'll just go on in a circle. It's packing. Did you oh, know that Celie yeah, told me
0: she it. was so good at Christmasing that I had to rewrap her presents so she could do it again? <laughs> told you. Yeah. Wrap it and is. unwrap. Oh,
2: my gosh. No. I did
0: it, too. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, so the
1: goal, Tell, talk a little bit about your goal, long-term goal, because this is awesome. When you buy into this company, The Pampered Parent, you also buy into this future mission, which I love as well. Yes. Yeah, so- it's my favorite
4: part. Mm. <laughs> I think you've said that a few times. Uh, So uh, my ultimate goal and my dream is to build up the business enough to be able to employ adults with special needs to join my team and help help me with the business and teach them all the parts and kind of hone in on their passions and what they love to do. You know, if they like posting on social media they can do it if they like packing boxes they can do it if they like art they can write and design the thank you note like whatever that's kind of my vision and I hope to soon be there to be able to offer that opportunity to
0: we, we just want your amazing. warehouse to be called my favorite part or be on my <laughs> yes! favorite part like my
1: favorite part here in my favorite
0: warehouse.
1: part that's cute yeah it is cute I, I like that. that idea yeah the thing with um you know, all of our kids is that we always have dreams for their future. And we always have wants. And I've said this before on the podcast, but I just want my kids to find a place where they can find a passion that makes them feel important, you know, and have a purpose valued and valued and understood too, you know, which is really hard. Definitely.
4: I I get that. And that's I see that and I understand why, and I hope to be able to provide, even if it's just me and just a small thing to provide that experience and that hope and that value, like you were saying. Yeah. I mean,
5: as someone who has a child in that age range now, like they literally are the forgotten population. They truly are. So to have somebody recognize that somebody who's not even a, a mom, you know, I just think that's. That's amazing. You know, it's all these little baby steps that will bring about change for the future. Amen, Kimmy. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. We we need it. We need it in our community. Lindsay, we want to thank you so much. We know that our listeners have been hearing our ad with you. We've obviously been partnered with you for a while, but really this Hear Me Roar series is about like the different ways that you can advocate, the different ways that you can Communicate your needs, the different ways that you can make an impact. And you came to mind right off the bat because, for God's sakes, you picked this provider industry, like, or career path. We just love that. You decided that there was a need. And instead of being like, you know, I've sat at the ITP meetings, like, oh my God, can they see my ranks from over there? Oh, I can't even focus on this many sentences in a row. Oh, like, I'm drowning at the other side of that table, Lindsay, not this table, ladies, not this table, mm-hmm. the other <laughs> the, that one. table, the ITP table. And, you know, for you to not be seeing what I'm fearing in judgment, but rather in this like open arms, nurture, let me help this lady and all the people like her is providing more. We just appreciate you. Thank you.
4: I
5: appreciate that. You're providing us as parents more and our children more. So that's
0: in the whole community with
5: you, What you do as your job every day and then what you're doing with your company as well. So,
0: yeah, I think to the ripples, I mean, if you are able to empower by way of these beautiful cards, you know, like make an impact for us. You're fueling the change faster for our children. If you keep me nurtured by delivery of this box, then I can advocate louder. I can stand taller. I can scream further. I mean, all all of that, right? Like you're empowering and fueling a really important group.
4: Thank you. Yeah, that is what I'm trying to do. And every, as you guys know, every month, there's like a one word theme um, for the boxes, and I really try to pick those empowering, inspiring words because exactly what you just said, if you know if it's a cycle. so if if I can provide it to you, then you can provide it to someone else and it's it's that ripple effect. and that's what I hope to accomplish is you know you deserve a good, it. big ripple. <laughs> big ripple. The big, big ripple. ripple. my favorite part no, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it's, but it's true it's it's we all we're a team and we have to work together and that's that's how it works and mm-hmm. we have to link arms join forces and share the love so yeah we do.
1: and we are so glad to be partnering with you meeting up connecting sharing the love of this company on this podcast I could sing a song <laughs> That's so how much a I you. You, yeah. you,
3: yeah, going? You, you need uh, I, rap you song. <laughs> yeah,
1: I will work on that. To <laughs> be determined.
4: Thank you for the opportunity. You guys are amazing and I am honored to be partnered with you. It's been it's been awesome but also so much fun. So.
0: Yeah. Thank okay. you so much. Yeah, thank we you, Lindsay, for we'll joining see you us. in the Zoom room be yes. in
4: the zoom, room. In the zoom yeah. room yeah bye everyone bye bye thank you
3: guys thank you for joining us at the table for providing more an interview with Lindsay san the third episode of our eighth series hear me roar if you are enjoying the podcast and you happen to listen on apple podcast we would appreciate if you could rate and review us make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us, you can at podcast at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Monday. Join us next Monday for more. We'll see you there. Bye.